What a beautiful, beautiful message and a song. Um, certainly a message that needs to be heard uh, today. Um, and it's amazing that song, I believe, was written back in the mid, mid to late 40s, uh, copyrighted. Um, but nonetheless, uh, even back then, people needed the Lord. People in the Lord's day needed the Lord. And we most certainly realize that people of our day uh, need the Lord as well. You have your Bibles this morning, if you will find your way to the book of Jonah, Jonah chapter number 2. Last week, uh, we had looked at Jonah chapter 1 in regards to the city uh, that God wanted to save, uh, Nineveh, uh, located there on the east bank of uh, the uh, Tigris River covered quite an extensive area, large area of, of uh, land of 60 miles, some odd, 60 to 65 uh, miles round, population of about 600,000. So it was a very populated uh, place, and God called a man to deliver a message. Jonah was a prophet, uh, a prophet that was verified by Christ as we uh, examine that, and we notice that this man of God, Jonah, flees. And he was more trouble, God had more trouble in getting uh, his own servant willing uh, than he had in bringing the city of Nineveh uh, to repentance. And so Jonah went down to Joppa. He went down into a ship. He went down into the sides of the ship, and then we find where God sent a storm in chapter 1. And in this storm, uh, uh, it even caused um, this ship to be, as the, the sailors were saying uh, to each other, you know, this storm is, is stout, it's a strong storm, and it's likely uh, to cause us to perish. And so um, they began to cast lots to figure out what's going on here with this storm and who this storm was for. And, and it, it drove even the pagans to call on the man of God to pray. We see the storm, the sailors, and this great fish. And, and there have been, we talked about it uh, for uh, uh, briefly, about how there were some that would question uh, this event. Did it really happen? And uh, we know that even by verifiable um, through Christ that this was, uh, like I like to say, an actual factual historical event that did indeed take place, or took place rather. And I gave a story about a gentleman who uh, had a similar uh, experience and survived and lived to tell about it. And so there is verifiable proof that it is possible, and we know that Jesus verified this as well. So in Jonah chapter 2, so we find, we, we closed out Jonah chapter 1 last week, and we saw uh, where uh, the Lord in verse 17 of chapter 1 provided this great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Well, then we lean going into a chapter number two here uh, where Jonah has a bit of a personal uh, revival. 
uh, a personal uh, a time where obviously he has uh, uh, nothing else to do, right? <laughs> he is He's in a, in a belly of a fish, and we're going to look at just how bad this situation was. And so he, he didn't have a whole lot of other things to do but to contemplate upon his situation and upon what he had done and perhaps what he should have done. Well, let's look together at Jonah chapter 2. It says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called to the Lord, out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of hell I cried, and you heard my voice, and you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed me over. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. How shall I look again upon your holy temple? The waters closed in over me, and the deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. And I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. As my life was ebbing away, I remember the Lord. And my prayer came to you, and to your holy temple, those who worship vain idols forsake their true loyalty. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Deliverance belongs to the Lord. Then the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out onto the dry land. Let's pray. Lord, how thankful we are for your loving kindness and your mercy and, God, your forgiveness. And, Lord, as we look at this passage this morning, God, a a message of redemption, a message of this forgiveness, and God, how that we can call upon you and how you deliver us from all of our sins. And Father, I pray that this morning that you would hide me behind the cross of Calvary. God, if these dear folk not see me, Lord, but they would see you. May your message resonate within our hearts this morning. God, lead us to those who are lost and undone without you. Perhaps one is here who uh, is, uh, does not know you in a real and personal way. God, we pray you convict their heart. Lord, that they come to know you before it's eternally too late. Likewise, for that one who maybe is not as close to you as they ought to be, God, we pray that you would convict them as well. Lord, to show them that they need repentance in their life and that they would do just that, God, to turn back to you. Lord, for whatever you do here, we'll be careful to give you the praise and the honor and the glory. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So there's a few things this morning that I want us to see uh, in this passage of uh, Scripture. And and, uh, and uh, I try not to keep you uh, too long because as every good Baptist knows, there's good food in the back. And I, have, I tell you, I have anticipated that fried chicken. I, I had it last month, I believe it was, where we had our eating. And, and uh, that was some of the best. Of course, you know, chicken is the preacher's meal, right? Uh, that's the only bird that ever made it to the ministry. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I'm looking forward to that and trust that you will stay and be a part of that meal as well. So a few things this morning. First of all, notice in verses 1 and 2 here, uh, Jonah is, uh, he had been swallowed up in this um, uh, a great belly of, the, of a great fish here, a, a whale as some translations say. But I want us to notice where he prayed in verses 1 and verse 2. Out of the fish's belly. What a strange place 
to pray, is it not? It is something how sometimes you find yourself in these strange places and you need to call upon God. And certainly this is not a place that, that you or I would choose. It was not... Uh, it was where he was here and, and a place to pray, but it wasn't intended to be a place of prayer. Uh, nothing is to, to uh, happen in such a way that it has, but nonetheless, Jonah uh, had gotten himself into this situation. I thought about some strange places uh, to pray, and I'll try not to veer off too much, but just for, uh, for notes and for study, if you wanted to pursue this later, you could. Some strange places to pray has happened throughout God's word and I'll just give you a few to uh, mention in Genesis chapter 12 uh, there was the altar of animal sacrifices this was not a common place for prayer uh, to take place in Genesis chapter 32 there was a wrestling match uh, taking place and at that wrestling match a prayer uh, time took place in Numbers chapter 22, this one was strange, on the back of a talking donkey. That's a strange place. It's strange in the fact that the donkey was talking, but it's even more strange to have prayer and conversation uh, with this talking donkey. That's in Numbers chapter 22. Uh, in uh, Luke chapter uh, number 3, standing in the middle of a river. Uh, in Acts chapter 27, uh, two things uh, happened in Acts chapter 27. Uh, we find prayer took place in a dungeon. I would dare say that if you or I were in a dungeon this morning, prayer probably would not be high on our list of priorities. Uh, we'd be trying to find our way out of that dungeon. But nonetheless, also in Acts 27, uh, in a shipwreck, uh, there was a prayer service uh, that took place. Revelation chapter 6. Strange place for prayer was not on the altar, but it happened under the altar. So look that up sometime in your free time this week. Some strange places uh, for prayer. This is not a place that one would uh, choose. And certainly Jonah here was not uh, in a position where he chose to necessarily be in this uh, uh, vicious belly. But nonetheless, he found himself here and he said, I prayed unto the Lord. And notice what he says. And he heard me. He heard me. As I was studying this this week, I got to thinking about that praise. So here's a man who is called of God, right? He's a, he's a prophet. He's a, he's a preacher who was called to, to go to this great city to proclaim uh, salvation, to proclaim judgment to Nineveh if they didn't return or to repent and return to God. And instead he went the opposite direction. He landed on a ship, he, he got others in trouble, others involved in his sin. He was cast overboard, he was in the belly of a fish, and he prayed to God, and God heard him. So two things that we can learn from this this morning. Number one, God hears us anywhere. Uh, even the strangest of places, right, God hears us anywhere. But also, it is far better to pray in normal surroundings 
than to wait until we are in abnormal surroundings. Meaning this, it is better to stay prayed up than to not pray at all and find ourselves in sin and calling out to God for our help. The scripture says that now is the accepted time. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's not the next revival meeting. It's not the next holiday. It's not any other time. But but the Bible says now is the accepted time. Now is the day. I think Paul said today is the day of salvation. Where he prayed. Notice also in verse 2. Why he prayed. Why did he pray? I called to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Some translation says, by reason of my affliction. By reason of my affliction. He had not been praying for some time. He was fleeing from God. He was neglecting his spiritual uh, responsibilities. He was sleeping uh, during the storm. And we know that that's kind of a, uh, a imagery of chastening that God gives to those that follow him. So in the midst of all of this, he was afflicted, right? Some translations say afflicted in distress. I would be distressed <laughs> if I was uh, uh, Jonah But notice the verses, the verses that follow, verses 2, 3, 5. Was he afflicted? What was the affliction that Jonah felt? Notice in verse 3, or in verse 2, Out of the belly of hell I cried. Verse 3, he was cast into the deep. Verse 3 also, the floods compassed me about the billows and waves they passed over me notice in verse 5 the waters compassed me about even to the soul the weeds were wrapped around um, were wrapped around my head so all of these things was afflicting Jonah can you imagine I know it's not a pretty image that you want before you go and partake of a great meal that we're about to partake of. But just imagine for three days, three nights in this fish's belly with all of the things that this fish had already eaten, all of the seaweed. Of course, you know, you're in the middle of, of the sea, so, so, so all of that acidness of the sea and, and all of the stomach juices and all of this other stuff, seaweed, wrapping around you you think god got his attention i would dare say uh, he most likely uh, did As a matter of fact i know uh, that he did because he cried out to god for god to deliver him from this hell isn't it interesting how when torments come we ask for deliverance uh, you remember the rich man and Lazarus, how uh, the rich man uh, lived life uh, sumptuously, as the Bible says, and 
Moreover, the dogs came and licked the sores of poor old Lazarus, and, and they both had passed. Uh, a matter of fact, it just said the rich man died, but uh, the rich, uh, the Lazarus was carried up into Abraham's bosom. And nonetheless, uh, the story, uh, paraphrasing here, Gates' translation is uh, that Lazarus was comforted, the rich man was tormented, and how the rich man cried out from hell, saying, if we could just have a drop of water. Just a drop of water. Then it would cool my tongue, for I am, what did he say? Tormented in this flame. And he wanted someone from beyond to go back and tell his brothers, hey, you don't want to go here, right? I was in Clarksdale, Mississippi uh, this week and talking with a, a funeral director. And, and of course, y'all know it's been hot, right? Uh, in the Delta area, I'm sure, and uh, more so than maybe some other areas, there's not a whole lot of shade over here. Nonetheless, we got to talking, and he said, you know, as hot as it's been, it's, it's a constant reminder of me that I would not do well in hell. And it's been hot enough here to allow me to know that hell is a place that I don't want to go. This rich man was the same situation, right? He was saying, hey, this flame, this, this torment is horrible. Send others to tell them this is not where they want to go. And we know the story. They have Moses and the prophets. Oh, no, but if one went from the dead, they would believe. And if they don't believe Moses and the prophets, what would one coming from the dead possibly convince them? To turn to God. Jonah was praying out to God in his distress. And we find when he prayed here in verse number 7. As my life was ebbing away. I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you. Into your holy temple. So thirdly this morning we find. When he prayed. When his soul fainted within him. Jonah was now in what he thought at the end of himself. No more running. No more spiritual deafness. Much like the prodigal son that we looked at a few weeks ago. He came to himself. Now, you can read into this and spiritualize this. And, and it's not written in this. This is just my thinking. Jonah thought his life was over. He says there, as my life was ebbing away. He knew for sure this was it, that his life has been done. He was as good as dead. I don't think that God would have killed him here because God had a purpose for Jonah. Jonah was the man for Nineveh, and God did whatever it took to get Jonah's attention. And I believe that maybe even at death's door, God was getting Jonah's attention. So as life was beginning to ebb away, as he fainted within himself, he realized there's no more running, there's no more uh, turning a deaf ear to God, there, there's no more of this uh, uh, awkwardness where I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. But I turned, he said, and my prayer came to you in your holy temple. 
Jonah had a change of heart. He says, I remembered the Lord. I will sacrifice unto thee. I paid what I, that I had vowed, and salvation is of the Lord. Isn't it amazing how just something as simple or maybe as complex, depending on how you look at it, but nonetheless, it's amazing what God can cause in someone's life to make them do a complete 360 degree turn. I remembered the Lord. I remembered all of the goodness of God. I remembered all the providence of God. I remembered all of the care of God. I remembered the salvation that God brought to me. Verse 8. Those who worship vain idols forsake their true loyalty. What does this mean? It's kind of somewhat out of place. In this passage, we go from, from a, a time of self-centered where I'm, you know, I'm about to die. I'm, I'm wrapped in, he gives a description of what he's dealing with. And he goes to, to this whole, uh, I'm, I'm done running. My, my life is ebbing away. I remember the Lord. Prayer came to me. Um, and then all of a sudden, those who worship vain idols forsake their true loyalty. This means those who... Worship idols, forsake the mercy of God by their sin. They forsake the mercy of God by their sin. Jonah had forsaken the mercy of God by his sin, by his unwillingness to do what God had called him to do. Before mercy is shown, sin must be confessed. Before mercy is shown, then sin must be put away. And that's what God was doing with Jonah here. He was showing him that you have to put all of this away. And then we find in verse 9, But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Deliverance belongs to the Lord. And then the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out onto dry ground. God's deliverance of Jonah spat him out on this dry ground. Can you imagine what Jonah probably, I, I would almost think there's a sigh of relief, delivered from trouble, delivered from this nastiness of life that he had been spending the last three days. And the word of the Lord came a second time to Jonah, as we'll find in verse chapter 3, and we'll get into this next week. He says the second time, arise, get up, get going. God's call is renewed here, and that tells us this morning that it's not too late to be used of God. I can't tell you how many times I have heard pastors who slip into sin and for whatever reason, give up their calling. Someone told me one time, and this has stuck with me for all these years, that God never uncalls you. God never uncalls you. 
Now, you may run, and you may try to hide, and you may be like Jonah and go the opposite direction. But, friend, when there's a call in your life, there's a call in your life. And God will never not use you. God has a purpose. Whether it be to preach, to pastor, to teach, to play, to sing, whatever it is, God never goes back on that call. Regardless of how far we get and how deep of water we may land ourselves in, God's call is still there. It will always be there. And God calls us to the same repentance that he did for Jonah. I'll not extend a time of invitation this morning, but I will make a, a note to let you know that if you need me, that I'm here, we can sit and talk, we can do it before the meal, after the meal, whatever the case may be. Know that I'm here for you and be glad to talk with you, pray with you, whatever we need to do. At this time, I'll dismiss us with a word of prayer. I'll go ahead and bless the food as well. And uh, again, we encourage you to stay and be a part of this fellowship meal this afternoon. Let's stand. Heavenly Father, as we come to you once again, how thankful we are, Lord, for your love and your, your grace and your mercy, God. Lord, thankful that you are a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. And God, how your mercy never ends. Lord, how thankful we are that you never uncall those whom you have called to do your work. Lord, help us to be more fervent about your business Lord, help us to live a life of urgency to spread this gospel of, of this wonderful grace, of this wonderful love, this salvation that you have for all of mankind. Help us to be a living witness for you. Lord, as we uh, dismiss this morning, God, as we are about to partake of this food, Lord, how thankful we are for those who have taken the time to prepare it. Lord, we pray that you will bless them. Lord, that you would bless the food, that it would be nourishment to our bodies and our bodies in turn to your service. And Lord, as we depart and go our separate ways today, we pray that you would grant us grace and safety. And Lord, bring us back at the next appointed time. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.